0: I'm a daddy. I'm a daddy. Hey. I'm a daddy. Hey. Woo! Number seven. We've been Got out for good. two weeks,
1: and, yeah. and in that two week time frame, Mr. Knox had a little knock set. That's is that right. Is that, that that that'll that'll work. Yeah. Is that right? what yeah. Is this we call him? Little not set Esther <laughs> Gianna. <laughs> I thought that's her name great. was Esther. Yeah. Esther, that's number seven. Number seven. God is good. Thank man. you. Thank oh, you. Thank God. you. We're going to get that kid baptized on Sunday Oh, uh, is that. What yeah.
0: we, we, we working on that one. Bro. Oh, yeah.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to Cross Baltic Midweek Fix. And it's so good to be back in the studio. Yes, Ooh. it is. Toby was on the East Coast. Knox was having a baby with his wife. And I was in the studio, Crying. like, making all these Crying. plans. No, I was working. That was Where people at? I'm like, I, but, but I made all these decisions and I just got to bring them up to speed on what just happened. I last. have no Uh-oh. idea. Uh-huh.
0: Cross-politic. Uh-huh. Can we change our name or something? I'm no, just no. wondering. No. Okay. Right. Right. Hey, That's y'all going to come to Nashville
2: in October, right? You better. Cause we, we be, we be jamming with the fight, laugh, feast conference, October 1st of the 3rd. Yep. Um, you want to sign up if you haven't already? Um, yes hundreds have registered hundreds
1: hundreds registered in June you guys got to get your seats. seating's limited go to Uh,
2: fightlifefeast.com and if you're a club member why wouldn't you be
1: email us email
2: email the the water boy Gabe and get yourself a discount code $100 that email's just
1: contact at fightlifefeast.com
0: to get your uh, question do you have a question Uh, are we going to be wearing any Marxist burkas there (laughs) (laughs) just Uh, talking uh, about masks masks. masks. (laughs) Marxist burka (laughs) burka. are we wearing any of those we ain't wearing those okay just Just, just making sure I'm going to share the Uh, show real quick All right, let's do it hey
2: with us right now as you can see behind all three of us. Brandon Tatum is a former Tucson police officer. During his tenure, Brandon served as a SWAT operator, field training officer, general instructor, public information officer. In 2016, Brandon gained notoriety online after releasing a string of viral videos touching on social issues, politics, and law enforcement. Soon after, Brandon left law enforcement and followed his passion to speak on these topics full-time. He holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Arizona in sociology, is actively Ah. working on his master's degree and business leadership from Grand Canyon University. Hey. He played football in high school. He's from Texas. In promised land. And full athletic scholarship at the University of Arizona. He even entered the NFL draft in yeah, twenty ten. But got had other plans. He has been featured hey, on Fox Business, Fox and Friends, other headline news, together with Candace Owens. Brandon is the co founder of Blexit. Ah. Brandon, thanks for joining us across Politics, man. Hey, thank you, brothers, for having me on, man. Hey, Brandon, yeah, I,
0: I hear that you suffer from a very, very serious case of depression. Is that true? No, no, it, it, it has to be. It has to be true because I heard that you're a Cowboys fan.
1: Oh, oh, oh. hey, man, you can't be dissing America's team like that.
0: I, I just, I just, you know.
3: Hey, hey, look, the Lord, the Lord is helping me in my in my in my journey with the Cowboys. Yeah,
0: brother, I'm praying for you because woo. <laughs> So,
2: that's messed up, Brandon,
1: um, What
0: what is
2: the difference between Blexit and Black Lives Matter? Ooh, same thing, right?
3: Oh, yeah. No, it's not the same thing. I think it's a, it's a tremendous difference. I'd okay. say one organization, which is Blexit, um, is focusing on black people being successful in this country, having an open mind, um, not falling for the brainwashing that has been going on. Um, and we are out in the community. We're focusing on our relationships not only in the community, but our relationships with police. We do it across spectrum. We are not uh, focused on things that do not involve success in the black community. Uh, Black Lives Matter, on the other hand, I I don't know what their mission is. You know, not every black life matters to that organization. Um, Mm. They only focus on when a black man get killed by a white police officer. Anything outside of that, uh, we 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 don't know what they're doing. Mm. All of the money that's funneled to their organization. We don't know where it's going. Some of it. Some of it allegedly is going to the uh, Democratic plantation. Um, <laughs> as, far as, Blexit, as far as Blexit, I mean, all of our money, everything is disclosed. Everything is an open book. People want to know where the money's going. Yep. Um. They can figure that 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 amount of information out. So two different organizations.
0: When you started Blexit, what was the what was why did you do that? What was the demand for Blexit that you saw?
3: Yeah, we were we were tired of getting lied to. You know, I felt like that in this country a lot. It's a lot of pressure to deceive African-American people by many facets, whether it's politics, whether it's media, whether it's the black church. I mean, a lot of things have been done and I feel like we want to undo that. Candace and I, I believe, have woken up to some of the brainwashing and lies that have been told to African-Americans for generations and when we woke up and we realized that, hey, man, this country belongs to us as well. We don't have to be Democrats. We don't have to be any political party. We can be free thinkers and, and, and gather this information on our own and do what's best for our community. When We figured that out, man. We said, look, we got to wake up as many people as possible. And we want to give them a platform and an outlet to be able to accomplish that, to be able to work within the community in their own community. Uh, because we have chapters all over the country. So that's pretty much the reason why we did it, man. We woke up. We want to wake other people up to um, the truth and, and how you can live in America and be successful as a black person. What
1: What do you mean by by wake up? Um, you know, Describe that that process.
2: I mean, there's a book out by a, a black preacher out of Philadelphia called Woke Church. Yeah, Eric Mason. <laughs> Eric Mason. I mean, <laughs> is, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah.
3: So, no, nah, I've never read that book, so I'm not familiar You're with it. You're better uh, off for it. <laughs> So the, the way the way I look at it and, and I, I uh, uh, liken it to a spiritual awakening. Right. Yeah. I mean, we exist in this world as sinful individuals. And there comes a point in time where we wake up and realize that, no, we, we there's more purpose in our life um, that we we are children of God. And we should be following that mission and that purpose. And the same thing happens uh, in a secular sense. When you are black in America, you wake up and realize, no, I have a. Bigger purpose. Mm. No, uh, the things that have been told to me are not true. Mm. Um, there is a uh, relevance to believing that you know, and and I disregard the the white privilege thing and all of those privileges. I only believe in one privilege, and that's Christ's privilege. And mm-hmm. so, if you a person of God and you you a believer, then there is no doors that a man can close that God ha- you know can open for you. So that's right. I believe when we get to that idea when we start understanding our purpose obviously a Christ centered purpose that we have i mean that's that's what waking up is and 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 that's what our complete mission is and that's what we want to do on a day to day basis so
1: so you know i i grew up in texas and played basketball really? in high school yeah did you i have I no that? idea i grew up in the promised land yeah. cowboys is americas team okay uh-huh. um and then i played college basketball in california and i almost made it out of the community college draft all right all right um <laughs> Almost. I mean, like me and Brandon, we're like close, you know? Uh, but I always, always wondered, like a lot of my black friends would vote Democrat, but when I would talk to them, it was like, wait, we kind of believe a lot of the same things about conservative values and principles. Like why why has that been going on for decades, man?
3: Yeah, because I think that uh, the Democratic Party and people on that would lean left, they've done a really good job at marketing. You know, they use certain terms that will conjure up a certain emotional feeling in your heart you know they're the party of the people they're the party of change inclusion and progression and all of those terms if you are not familiar with politics you've not done the research those sound really good you know even like planned parenthood Mm. i mean if you just the name of it that you're planning your parenthood, but it's actually planning the destruction of your plant your parenthood so i mean all of these terms Mm. that they use Mm. sound good and then you know it's backed by media and celebrities and and entertainment. And so when you're young and you're, you know, like I only grew up in a black community, so I, I don't know what other communities deal with. But growing up in a black community, you are told from a very young age that the Democrats are the party of black people and that the party switch and that the Republicans are racist white people. Yeah. And then you don't see a high representation of black people in the Republican Party nowadays. Mm. Obviously, in the inception of the Republican Party was majority black yeah. um, as far as the black politicians. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they've done a good job at marketing and the republican party has done a terrible job at marketing. So yeah. it leads you to a a certain uh position that I think people need to explore and they need to figure out what's what's really going on.
0: Well and and uh, this is one of the questions I had to you is, you know, growing up and I I think you can testify to this too, growing up in the black community, I only knew one Republican or conservative person there as far as politics went that and he was the angry black guy who was always yelling at the black people there. But outside of that, Is that I don't <laughs> <Is that Ricardo? laughs> But there wasn't but there wasn't any sort of conservative Republican groups running through our community. And we actually had conservative thinking people there. But the Democrats were there. But I didn't see any Republicans there. Why aren't the Republicans or why haven't they been invested in coming into those communities where they seem would have. Uh, uh, some sort of connection to the ideology that exists there.
3: Yeah, I, I think that they just given up on the black community. Um, the Democratic oh. Party has gotten um, to a point where if you say anything to the contrary of what the Democrats are pushing, you are racist. You you know, you Uncle Tom, you'll sell out yeah. and they push you off to the side. And Republicans have been able to be successful without having a, a fair, balanced black vote. And I think that to the detriment of the Republican Party, they just stopped reaching out, man. Yeah. Because, like you said, and I think most black people that are watching this or listening to this will know that black people are, are more conservative. We believe in God. Like, you know, we we in the church, we're probably the most charismatic churches. Yeah, you sure. go to church, you know, you you believe in conservative principles, you work right. hard, you're dedicated. You know, and and even though there's there's a, a influx of crime that goes on in the community, Grandma them ain't putting up with it. That's <laughs> you right. Know, That's right. <laughs> My granny used to always, always say it's either jail or hell if you're gonna go down that path and do things you're not supposed to do. So in in reality, we are more conservative, but we don't get that messaging uh. right. And mean, we, we 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 have never heard. From the Republican Party, we don't even know what they stand on. Okay. We don't know that they're pro guy. We don't know that they're, you know, uh, pro having a, a choice to go to the different schools um, depending on what district you're in to have a successful education. So, so they, any- the Republicans need to do a better job at messaging. And if I feel like if they had proper messaging, we'll see a, a complete change in the way Black people vote in america
0: no there's no doubt about that so make this bridge for me how are black people who are supposed to who are way more closer to the conservative idea how are they supposed to make that jump if (laughs) you know
1: if it's messaging yeah if the messaging
0: isn't there and they haven't been seeing that they care about if they forgot about me and now you're coming with blexa to tell me hey you need to go over there to to be with the people who forgot about you (laughs) how how do i make that jump this is my
3: this this is my thoughts on it it's like to be honest, we don't tell you, you need to go to the Republican Party. Sure. What we're telling you is that you need to stop voting and support people that have not supported you. So let's look at the facts. What has the Democratic Party done for you? They have done absolutely nothing. So if you are going to pick a, a Democratic candidate, you need to rethink that. And if you're going pick to a, pick a Republican candidate, make sure they're advocating for your community. Yeah. Now, we're not telling people to vote Republican, Democrat. We're saying look at the candidates that are available. Who is doing what they're supposed to do for your community? Are you wanting to, you know, join the the, the political agenda to help your own community? Mm. Um, but you need to focus on what policies are in place that are effectively benefiting you as an individual. And then you decide to vote um, in that direction. But I, I don't. My thing is this. When people see Candace Owens and I, I believe they're hearing the message that have been forgotten from the republican party so the republican party haven't forgot about black people meaning that they haven't forgot about the issues because i think lower taxes having availability to school choice um given opportunities for people to praise god and be more of a, of a christian you know foundation to that political party yeah so they haven't forgotten about black people it's just that black people haven't been able to have a opportunity to connect. So Candace and Owens and I, you know, with the Blexit movement and other things that we're doing is kind of drawing that connection, saying mm. here are policies that are benefiting us. Here, here are policies that the president has done that has benefited us. And, and these are things that we can get behind.
2: Uh, Brandon, you talked earlier about, you know, the becoming a Christian and how that transforms how you think about things. How, how, how did the gospel transform your view, maybe particularly of like racial issues?
3: Oh, it completely changed me. It completely
2: changed me. I grew
3: up in an all black community and, you know, not being exposed to a lot of white individuals. We felt that white people hated us Mm -hmm. and that (laughs) most white people were racist, you Mm -hmm. know? So, and I never had exposure to to tell me anything, uh, to convince me overwhelmingly that it was different. Then I went to college at the university of Arizona, which is primarily white. And it, that began to open up my eyes. But then when I got saved, um, in 2008, filled with, the holy spirit like god just revolutionized the way i looked at individuals in general um and that i felt like we're all god's children so there's no color in heaven there's no political party in heaven you know it's all about us being uh relatives or inheritance of the kingdom of god so that's the way i look at it and that just changed everything i thought about race relations in america
0: Mm. so it's so coming from that perspective there is an inherent kind of bitterness that comes so that when you look at white people, you're like, man, this person probably feels this type of way about me or the culture has helped me, help me down. And so you're probably dealing with that while you're in college. You say, OK, there's something going on here. But when you became a Christian, where did that bitterness go? How, how did how did that all of a sudden it did just go away? Did you look at the system differently? How did that?
3: Yeah, yeah man, I, I think I think when I got baptized, man, and I came out of the water, I, I, I felt like I had been a new person. Hmm. I felt clean. I felt I felt Amen. that all of that burden, that Amen. hatred, that, that all of that that was in my in my heart was completely gone. Mm. And then when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, which was two days later, I felt like God filled filled me with His understanding and knowledge of people. So instead of looking at uh, my white brothers and sisters or even other black people and, and looking at them with vitriol and hatred and, and, and like this misinformation, I'm looking at them with love and saying, you know what? Even if you were looking at me in a negative way, I still love you and I want to present Christ to you to, to help you open up your heart. Mm. Because I know that in the, in the heart of man, like in the true consciousness of man, they don't want to be hateful. They don't want to you know hate each other. That's a that's a tough life to live, man. Yeah. People want the love of Christ to be in their heart, and if you just deliver that message to individuals whether or not they're associated with a past or a, a negative past against blacks or whites or whatever, um that you will be able to open up and communicate better. So mm. it, it went away from me, man. God just completely delivered me and from this point on I, I try to do my best. I'm not perfect and I know a lot of people aren't. I try to do my best to be balanced and to love my neighbor as I love myself and be forgiving. And the problem is that a lot of people have not forgiven America. Mm. A lot of people have not forgiven the white people of, of the past that they felt have wronged them and, and have wronged their ancestry. You know, we gotta be operating forgiveness because if we don't forgive others, there's no way that God will forgive us. That's what the Bible says. It's
1: true. So so let's let's talk about that then. And, you know, a lot of the conversation right now, I mean it's been going on for the last couple of years, but and then it flares up when a when a Floyd situation happens. But the the, the Prevailing narrative coming from the left is that there's systematic racism in our society. Um, how do you process that question? Is there systematic racism in our society?
3: Yeah, I don't, I, I personally don't think that our society is systemically racist or there's systematic things in place that perpetuate racism in our country i I don't believe that and the reason why i do not believe that is because there's no unequivocal evidence to prove that what what is happening is is that people on the left want to cause division and they need to be your savior they don't want god to be your savior they want they Mm -hmm. want the government to be your savior they want them to be your savior so they create lies and they create things that they claim they're going to fix but brandon
1: brandon 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 you're a conservative and you're racist so you can't see this man Right.
3: <laughs> I guess I'm a I'm a black white supremacist.
0: <laughs> He's a police officer too, so. You know.
3: yeah, now now I got the blue line. I had there's a guy that came on TV. I think he was a leader of the uh of the Black Black Lives Matter movement. One of the chapters uh-huh. um said hey, once you become a police officer, you're no longer black anymore. You're blue. <laughs> Ooh, and, and, oh. and that's just I mean, I, how could you run a movement and be a logical person to come to that conclusion is beyond me. But but with, going back to um, yeah, the unequivocal proofs that they cannot prove there is no one area that they can show you and say, OK, this judge is a racist. He this specific judge has done this level of sentencing for blacks versus whites. They cannot say this CEO is a racist. This person is a racist unequivocally. Mm-hmm. Not the way people f- feel about the individual, but actual racist things that they've done. So- Since they can't point out uh, individual situations that we all can get behind and thwart. They have to say it's systemic. So mm. therefore, so let, it's, invisible. Th- therefore me, it's really no way of fixing it or measuring an avenue of fixing it. That's you true. just need to keep voting for them. You just need to keep posting what they tell you to post. You need to keep hating your brothers and sisters. Mm. So that's the reason mm. why I don't subscribe to it. And I think it's just counterproductive, man. This is the least racist country in the world. That's true. I haven't experienced real racism from pretty much anybody, and if somebody's racist against me and they don't project it, then what does it matter to me?
1: Well, it's because you were pulling over; you weren't being pulled over.
0: So it's, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I, I want to push back a little bit with this because there is. Uh, have you? Were you behind the prison reform bill that Trump passed? Yes. Okay. So then, have you seen the film The Thirteenth?
3: I watched a little bit of it not, and you, you can tolerate my,
0: much more after that
3: <laughs> but, okay so but i saw i saw i saw a few actors in there and i said you know it's the same characters same suit warmed over they're not going to give a fair perspective
0: right and so but when you look at the 13th and then you see trump's prison reform bill obviously they're pointing at something that seems to be a problem so much so that president trump is saying yeah we need to reform this issue here so when you so when people point at systemic racism and they point at things that are that are unequally portioned, even President Trump, in one sense, is saying something ain't right with this, and so you know to get behind the bill and then to see the thirteenth like there's something happening that that they're pointing to that seems like it has some evidence to it that we have more incarcerated black men in in America in jail than we have in the slave trade
3: right and so this this is this is what I think people should uh should be focused on is just this just because there's disparities doesn't mean that's discrimination or racism because correlation, African-American yep. people and, and black culture is very different. And there's a lot of things that are done in the communities that necessitate certain responses that we are progressively trying to fix in general, because we, you, you go back, go back in history of, of African-Americans, you look at the crack epidemic and different things like that. I, I believe wholeheartedly that as a country and in that bill. The the war on drugs and all those bills were bipartisan legislation that are done and signed by other black people who wanted something to change. But that measure caused a disproportion, Uh um, Uh I guess, effect on the black community and us as a nation. We are progressively moving forward and we say, you know what this we could probably fix and work in this area because this disproportionate. Affected a certain group of people in the during the crack epidemic people don't talk about the methamphetamine because crack cocaine Obviously you get a higher charge for crack than you would for cocaine, right? right. But you also get a higher charge for methamphetamines than you would for cocaine or crack Mm -hmm. and so but nobody's talking about the disproportionality of sentencing for white people but us as a nation we have focused and, and found better ways to deal with drug addiction the drug epidemic um, and we are focusing more on non-violent crimes now. I believe at the time that they were acting in good faith, because if you look at Stop and Frisk and other things that people have criticized, you look at during the Stop and Frisk era, the drug crimes went down tremendously, violence went down, murder went down tremendously during Stop and Frisk. So, I know that people may look back on it and say, okay, it has had this disproportionality or disproportionate effect. But at the time, I think people were acting in good faith to make a difference. Now here's the thing. When you look at the, the present, you say, we need to address an issue where we have black people who under old mentality have been now sentenced a crazy amount of years for things like marijuana and, and different mm-hmm. things that could have been associated with social economic status. Hispanic people are involved in it and white people are yeah, involved in it. Yeah. But, you know, it you know to a certain degree it's a talking point to only focus on African Americans, but when you when we are changing the things in the future and we are now doing legislation that give African Americans who are less violent, who have done well in prison, giving them an opportunity to to lower their sentence, I think it's a good thing, not only for black people, but for America in general, but I mean, you just look at it. Think about in the, in the days we used to have guillotine, or we had this firing squad, or people used to use the electric chair. I mean, does that necessarily mean that at the time we were acting in some disproportionate bad faith? No, but as time goes along, we begin to change our justice system. We begin to find new ways that we can help individuals. Um, and I'm gonna make this last point. Uh, it's not just black people getting out of prison. It's called Residivacy Reduction um, they're in a, in a resid- res- Residivacy Reduction Program. So that means that you can have your sentence lessened if you finish this program. And if we can prove that when you get out, you're not going to residivate, you're gonna, we're going to put you in programs. We can also put you on house arrest. We can move you close to the family. All of those things can deter behaviors that cause black people and other people to be consistently going through the criminal justice system. So it's not necessarily saying we need the right this tremendous race is wrong It's saying that we have progressed and we need to keep, we need to keep up with the times.
2: Brandon, when you, when you think through these things, I mean, we got a, it's a massive web and, you know, I mean all these laws and trying to fix the laws. And then you got people sinning and committing crimes and it's a big mess. But as a Christian, we have God's word. Um, it's, it's a light. It's a, it's, it's God's true word. It's his justice for us. How does God's word uh, inform how you are, pushing for true justice reforms in, in your work? How does God's word inform that?
3: Well, I think that God's word is obviously the top of my priority. I mean, especially when I talk about abortions, when I talk about gay marriage and all of these different things that come up, I'm not going off of what B. Tatum thinks. Yeah. I'm going off what the Bible has preached. And I wanna stay as close to that as I can because I know that's God's law and I know that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and if we just adhere to half of it, We'll be a better country for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's kind of what my stance is. I think a lot of people may get offended by some of the things I stand on. Um, I believe in justice. I believe in in, in law and order. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the kingdom of God, there's order. Mm -hmm. It's not chaos. It's not confusion. There's order, there's structure. And there's things that you have to do that God has already called us to do to give us a better lifestyle. You know, we talk about the Ten Commandments. We talk about uh, loving your neighbor as your as yourself. Different things like that that are in the moral law of God. Yeah, we can apply some of those things in the, in the, in the laws of man today that will make us a, a better country and give us better relationships with one another. So I think that I hold that as the forefront. I try to stay as close to it as possible when I'm making reference in my videos and different things like that.
0: There, there, man, we we were almost out of time with you. I just want to talk, just real quickly, kind of on the police brutality, kind of on. Um, really, I really want to hit Minneapolis. That's my hometown. I, do you think. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, at least I'm not a cowboy fan, okay? Oh, uh, you a Vikings <laughs> fan? Dang, that's messed up. Um, you know, yeah, I
3: don't know if you want to go there nah, go around, yeah,
0: around, yeah, that's okay. right. Let's just talk about the police Alright uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you think uh, Minneapolis right now I don't think they've had a conservative Mayor or any leader in that town in, Since like the 60s The 50, late 50s or 60s Wow. But, so, but do you think that Minneapolis Really just screwed themselves with Defunding, voting to defund their police And if so, yeah. how, how do you think they've done it And what can they expect If this is going to be their end
3: well, I, I don't even know exactly what they plan to do moving forward. There's cities, municipalities that defund their police department, abolish their police department, and then the county sheriff will come and take over the jurisdiction. So <laughs> Doubles their force uh, some, and everything, yeah. Yeah, some municipalities, they may get rid of the police department and people think the police are gone. They're not. The, the county will come in and take over jurisdiction. Yeah. And therefore you still have police. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do. They claim they're going to do some community policing stuff that they're going to. That should go off really civilians. well.
0: <laughs> I don't know. what,
3: But but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. All you have to do is look at, are these people doing this in good faith? And they're not. If you look at Minneapolis or Minnesota in general, uh, in 2019, there was one unarmed black person killed by the police. One. And in, two, in 2020, there's zero. So if you look at how disproportionate the police department is towards African-Americans, which is what stimulated the abolishment of the police department. We don't have no evidence that they're disproportionate against black Americans in that specific city. So they're acting not outside or not acting in good faith. They They can expect a huge rise in crime. They can expect a huge rise in people getting molested, raped, crimes going unsolved.
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: If you don't have a police department that has been traditionally functioning in that manner, what do you have? You have nothing. And I think what they're doing is it's called operational momentum. They started out with abolish the police and get rid of the police because of the outrage and what happened to uh, George Floyd, but they didn't have any real plans. And this is almost one of those moments where it's like, okay, uh oh, the rubber meets the road. Oh, we got to go through it because this is what we've been preaching. But We don't really know what we're going to do outside of this. And the public and the most vulnerable people in Minneapolis
2: are going to suffer the most. So, you know, they just had this this whole uh, chop or chaz or whatever in Seattle. (laughs) And and it finally shows up at the mayor's door and she's like, all right, never mind. You know, close it down. So like the, the police are clearing it today. Um, do you think that something similar is going to happen in Minneapolis where you know they abolish the police, but then suddenly, you know, some of this violent crime spikes and then they say, uh, never mind?
3: Well, that's what I think that's what's going to end up happening. Right. Yeah. Um, we saw it at the Chaz. They killed more people per capita, more black people per capita at Chaz than probably anywhere in the whole country, <laughs> or or everywhere up. in the country. <laughs> put together. Oh, they just shot. They just randomly yep. the, their police department yeah. just randomly shot two black kids. 114 116 i think the 16 year old passed away 14 year old yep. in critical condition yep. and this yep. is like that's two out of five other i think black people that were shot a few have been killed Chaz so, brutality i mean yeah brutality. that police are more brutal than the ones that they claim they want to abolish right. and then that's not including rapes and other crimes that have gone on in the Chaz yeah. that are not being solved police cannot even get into the scene yeah. to do an investigation this is what liberal far-left ideology look like in the flesh.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, It sounds Chaos. good
3: on paper. Yeah. Let's abolish the police. But then when you have to put it in effect, what they're leaving out is that all of these sins that we see is a sin problem yeah. amongst humanity. Mm. It's not something that legislation is going to change necessarily. Right. It's not something training is going to change necessarily. They don't train you to kill people for no reason on the police department. That is a thing that's conjured up in the individual person that, that is manifested in a form of violence. So I think that, that a perfect example of this is that our nation needs to return back to God Amen. instead of looking to human uh, policies mm. to structure change that can only be done in the heart. Yep. Mm. and. That's why people are killing each other. That's why you see they don't even talk about the medical facility. Malpractice kill hundreds of thousands of people a year and malpractice is wrongdoing. Yeah. And so that's in the medical field. We, we can even talk about clergy. How many pastors are out here raping people and doing stuff they shouldn't be doing right. in the pulpit? It's not exclusive to just policing.
1: Yeah.
3: It's a hard thing. It's the same thing that we need to address. And if we can address it on a larger scale, we can see some of these things being scaled back without trying to use government. Forced to do so. Man,
1: no uh, no Oregon for that?
3: Uh, like Knox? No Oregon for that? Really? No the Oregon. No, no offering plates? <laughs> hey, off of, we'll, we'll have offering
0: in a second. So, Brent, how, do we follow, how do we follow you and keep track of what you're doing?
3: Uh, the Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. TheOfficerTatum.com is obviously my website. People want to connect with me there. There's a connect tab. You just hit on it. Send me a message. I'll do my best to respond because I've gotten <laughs> thousands of messages. Man. And I have to go through and try to respond as as possible. Also, if you want to book me for something, there's a booking tab on my website as well,
0: man, we got to have you back on. I know that we uh-huh. share a lot of the same worldview. I, I think we disagree on how to apply some of it. And I love to have you back on to just kind of work through because if you hold the Bible as your standard, man, then we're going to be able to have a great conversation about how to That's apply right. it in That's the right. world that we live in. So man, I love yeah. to have you back yeah. on to be able to talk about some of that.
3: Yeah, whenever you guys need me, want me back on, just holler at me. All go right, down. will
0: do. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them, like I'm about to do. So until Sunday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. And sign up for the conference too, and become a club member. Did I say that? Did we talk about the club member? We we, 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 we? we should talk it? about that. <laughs> yeah. This is Cross Politics.